Hi, I'm Tia and I'm 17. Hi, I'm Rena and I'm 15. Hi, I'm Dahlia and I'm 11. And, and this, this is Things, things you, thought you Thought You Knew About History. Where we tell you the real story behind historical misconceptions. When immigrants came to Ellis Island, they would answer questions from busy officials. The officials would often write the wrong name, maybe something similar, but not the immigrant's actual name. This could be due to them mishearing rushing, writing an Americanized version of the name. That's why so many people's names were changed. That's actually not true. Really? But I've heard so many people say this happened to their families. Some people do have different names than they had originally, but this isn't because of immigration officials at Ellis Island. Ellis Island was a hub for immigration. It first opened in 1892, and in its first year, almost 450,000 immigrants came through the island. In 1897, a fire destroyed earlier records, and a new fireproof facility was opened in 1900. During its peak from 1900 to 1914, an average of 1,900 people came through Ellis Island each day. During this time, they created two new islands to have enough space and a hospital and contagious disease ward. In 1917, when the U.S. joined World War I, anti-immigration views increased. The Immigration Act of 1924 was passed and set strict immigration quotas or limits and required immigrants to get visas before coming to the U.S., Ellis Island started receiving fewer and fewer immigrants. In 1954, Ellis Island was officially closed. People's names were already written down before they came to Ellis Island, often before they even got on the boat to come to the United States. At that time, boat rides were a whole industry, similar to airlines today. People who wanted to go somewhere would have to find agents and book tickets. They needed to give these agents information, which would then be added to the list of people on the ships or the ship's manifesto. This was used to ensure that only people who paid got on the boat. The manifest was later given to the officials at the port. This was an organized business. People had to be able to pay for tickets. At that time, even some of the lowest class tickets, steerage class tickets, could cost a lot of money. Today, it would be almost $1,000. When ships got to Ellis Island, they were required to give officials the ship's manifest. Immigration officials would then check names off this list. They never wrote any names down. They only confirmed from what was already listed. This was an official list, so the immigration officials weren't allowed to make any changes to it without going through the proper procedure. Immigrants would then be questioned, and information from the list would be confirmed. These manifests are now part of the nation archives and can be accessed digitally. Also, many of the employees and translators who worked at Ellis Island had originally been immigrants themselves and often were native speakers of some of these languages, so they might recognize these last names. Okay, that makes sense, but then why do people have different last names than their families had in Europe? Some immigrants changed their names legally once they came to the United States. They might do this to sound more American and to fit in. So why do people think their names were changed to Ellis Island? This myth is portrayed in the novel The Godfather by Mario Puzo. It was then made into a movie called The Godfather 2, popularizing the myth. Peter Urban, a National Park Service Ranger in the Division of Interpretation at Ellis Island, says that many name changes weren't documented or recorded well, so descendants of immigrants made up their own stories for why their names had been changed. He suggests a reason for this myth and says that even though there wasn't widespread disregard for people and their names at Ellis Island, it was often a cold and scary place for immigrants to go. This could be why families of immigrants came to blame Ellis Island for their name changes. Dara Horn, a Jewish journalist and author, suggests that when many Jewish immigrants came to the United States, they changed their names because of the anti-Semitism they faced. Of the people who petitioned for name changes, a high number were Jews. Most of them didn't directly state that the reason for their request was because of anti-Semitism, but would instead say that it was hard to pronounce their names or they sounded foreign. Horn says that when they came to the U.S., they saw that they faced anti-Semitism here too. It must have been hard to change their names. 
It meant accepting that they must not publicly show a big part of their identity. Also, telling their children would mean admitting that the U.S. doesn't accept them and that hiding their identity was the best way to survive. It was so much easier to create this story. If the officials just changed people's names by mistake, it made America seem like a more welcoming place. And now, time for some Ellis Island trivia! Who owned Ellis Island before the government? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Samuel Ellis. When was the busiest year for immigrants coming in? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 1907. How many immigrants came through that year? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 1.2 million immigrants. How many immigrants had come through Ellis Island by the time it closed? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Nearly 12 million. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. And now for the sources. We have a Smithsonian Magazine article called Did Ellis Island Officials Really Change the Names of Immigrants? We used an article called GovDocs to the Rescue, Debunking an Immigration Myth from journals.ala.org, Documents to the People. A History.com article called Ellis Island, Records, Passengers, and Immigration. And the National Park Service article called History and Culture, Ellis Island, Part of the Statue of Liberty National Monument. And Chapter 6 of Dara Horn's book, People Love Dead Jews, called Legends of Dead Jews. Bye!